It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Would you believe it? That sums it all up. Hello, I'm Alan Davis. You're listening to the Tuesday Club. This is the Arsenal podcast, and I've got Keith Dover with me this morning. How are you, Keith? I'm very well, Alan. I'm in a very good frame of mind. (laughs) It's a Sunday, and I'm reminded of the Bible story of the prodigal son. I was talking to Rabbi Toots and Rabbi Maytel only the other night. And it's a story of a, a son, he leaves the bosom of his loving family to seek fortune elsewhere. And despite the fact they loved him very much, he went away, but things, he went, ah, you're, you're dragging me, you're like a stone holding me back. But he went away, and things didn't work out for him. Things didn't, no, the grass was not greener on the other side. He came back to his family, though. And when a son is lost and returned, it's a cause of celebration, Alan. And that is why I'm very thankful for this day. Oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> and uh, Ian Stone is joining. Hello, Oh, praise be the Lord, hallelujah. Hello, Al. Hello, Keith. <laughs> Keith is dancing at the moment. Just the joyful <laughs> return of me, apparently. Joyful return of Ian Stone. <laughs> founding, nice to be back. founding member of the yeah. Up for Grabs Now Tuesday Club podcast. Rarely seen these days, but lovely to see you, Ian. Lovely to see you. I've just I've been sent to see if you're still trusting the process. <laughs> <laughs> As soon as, as soon as I can work out what it is, I'll invest my trust oh, yeah. in it. <laughs> uh, so we're back. Well, we're back. It's back on. We don't. We normally record every couple of weeks, listener, as you know, uh, but largely prompted by uh, the Tuesday Club youth policy in the form of a Tyro producer, Jay. He sent me a message saying, "Got a pod. Got a pod this weekend." Well, after the last, this two, was a, yeah. This yeah. was well. This was after he'd uh, had a. A wonderful evening at Stamford Bridge, um, and, and he had thoroughly enjoyed himself, as did all the Arsenal fans there. And there, I watched it on the television, and oh. then passed up the opportunity to go myself, feeling a bit elderly and not really wanting to be shoved for a window outside Fulham Broadway Station, as I it's, remember happening back no, in the day. It's much <laughs> nicer <laughs> now. It's, it's much. Nicer. Chelsea now is like a, a hundreds of different eateries to choose from. I remember Alexander the last time we went. Oh, do you fancy Lebanese or Ethiopian? You know, you don't get that on Tottenham Road, do you? Yeah, well, that doesn't stop them throwing you through one of the windows. Though, does oh, that, was, that was the old Bill who were pushing us through the windows in the old days. Yeah. <laughs> the Chelsea fans had gone home because they used to keep you behind for about an hour and a half, didn't they? But anyway, um, it turns out there's hardly any of them there. 
because they can't <laughs> buy any tickets. Wonderful. Because 20 well, years of uh, money laundering in plain sight in London and buying five titles that we should have gone to other clubs. And another cup final this year, it should be another club. And there's so many opportunities stolen from other clubs and other groups of fans by this filthy lucre that they've invested for 20 years. That appears to have, oh dear, how sad, never mind, have come to an end. And they can't even sell tickets. And to hear the Arsenal fans singing, just like the old days, there's nobody here. There's nobody here. I was on my sofa. I was on my sofa going, there's nobody here. It's great. Absolutely wonderful. And, And I'll tell you what else I liked about it. They kept cutting to the Arsenal fans having an absolute party in the away end. It was mm. what a joy to watch. And it took me back to so many days in the past when you go away and you win. You win at White Hart Lane or something. And it is just unbelievable in there. And you're with your mates and it's brilliant. And there's such a young looking crowd now. There's a yeah. whole new generation of of fans who are, who are bang up for it. They love Saka. They love Smith Rowe. They love Ramsdale. They love going away. They love it that Chelsea's gone wrong. They're loving it. And they're desperate to finish above Tottenham. And they are fully invested in whatever the hell the process is. And they are just <laughs> loving going away and beating Chelsea. And it just took, it really was a nice thing to see. But do you All not right. think the same? Do you not think the same about about there's a bit more of an atmosphere at the Emirates as well with the youngsters as well? I'm seeing more mm. youngsters about. Very like, much genuinely. So. I Very think, much think so. so. We were saying this yesterday, and what was noticeable was at the end of the game yesterday. Um, I believe they call themselves the Ashburton Army, but there was a whole uh, mob stayed behind in the clock end. I don't know, a couple of hundred of them stayed behind for ages in the clock end. Yeah. Singing songs and having a party with loads of stewards going, come on. <laughs> come on, I want to go home. Come on, I've got, I've got a ticket for the boxing. I've got to, I've got to go home, get suited and come out. Again. Get yeah, out of yeah, the ground, yeah. will you? Yeah. But they didn't want to leave. No. They didn't want to leave, and and uh, I don't know what you think, Keith, but there's sort of the toxicity and the divisive feel around the place in the final years of Wenger, and that a lot of those fans seem to not be coming anymore. Well, this is, this is it. I think it's a, a, a COVID thing. Uh, we've lost a tourist fan. I'm not, I'm not anti-tourist fan. As I say, if you support Arsenal in Copenhagen or Hong Kong, you're welcome to come, more than welcome. But it's, the tourist fan, I mean, is the ones who go, oh, what are we doing today, Clarissa? Oh, oh let's go to football, shall we? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those. Yeah. Those, you know. Yeah. Oh, where yeah. are we? Uh, <laughs> and you notice there's a lot more fans. They're not leaving as early. They're not booing, you know, if there's a, a pass goes astray, there isn't that uh, big massive groan that we used to have and there's a lot younger fans a much better vibe, I love it and I don't yeah. care if there's a few thousand empty seats, if we get a better atmosphere bang on, I'll take well, it Well I actually think time. there aren't so many empty seats as there were and the other factor in it has to be the fact that the season tickets this year were massively reduced from previous mm. years because we aren't in Europe this year, right? Yeah. So they went down initially when the, we were out of the Champions League. They dropped a bit. Mm. And then with no European football, they dropped quite a lot. Yeah. And so what, that that means, ma- what that means, of course, is that they'll all be back. <laughs> well, this is what I was going to come on to. Yeah. Do, do you think that they, if we do manage to get fourth place, and we're in fourth place now, three of our next four games are away, no idea what's going to happen. Are no. we going to have Crystal no. Palace or Chelsea? Hopefully we'll have three Chelsea's and finish fourth, you know. If we do, are they going to take that opportunity to hike the prices and, and some of those new fans might get forced out again? I thought they're going up anyway a yeah. little bit, but as I understand it, but 
I think the new fans will keep coming because I think there's a different... Listen, I, I've been into this for a while, this whole sort of Arteta thing, but I think there's a different feeling to it. If you can't get behind a team... Mm. We had six English boys in that team on, on Wednesday night. We got a load of young players. There's an energy about the place that I have not felt for about 15 years. And I'm, I have to say... Uh, and I've been for a while. I'm fully committed at this totally point. Agree, I, yeah. I'm I'm all in, really, and I'm loving it. I, I'm obviously I'm hating it when we go to Southampton and we play. Well, actually, we didn't play that badly, but Palace away was terrible. But the the flip side is going away to Chelsea or, or watching a win yesterday. It was just it felt great. I was shattered after mm. the game yesterday. I don't know you had the energy for the boxing. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> I went home and had a nap. Before I went to Wembley. I mean, yeah. that period between Fernandes missing the penalty and Xhaka oh. scoring that goal, that's one of the most exciting moments I've, I've seen at Emirates in a while. It was absolutely fantastic. And I, I genuinely feel that connection. And, and I think the fans are helping. It's great at the moment down there. It's great. Yeah, it's a good atmosphere. Yeah, the there's a bond between the pl- players and the fans. You see that. And especially, you know, at Chelsea, the way they was going up to the fans at the end of the game. <clears throat> I know we've been accused of over-celebrating, but if you can't have a bond with your own supporters at an away game, then what's the point, you know? That's just, so this, all this over-celebrating thing is an absolute load of bullshit. Mm. It really is. It's not the 70s anymore. At the end of the game in the 70s, they didn't even clap the fans. They were absolutely knackered, dying for a fag, <laughs> could barely yes. walk because they had so much mud on their boots. <clears throat> And they, and they wanted the to. They was, yeah, and then they'd go and get absolutely hammered, wouldn't they? But this now there's this whole period after the game, and um, perhaps again this might be a COVID thing. There isn't a kind of players' lounge or that sort of thing after the game. If you want to chat to your teammate from your national team or whatever it is, and I did see. In fact, during the game, Cristiano Ronaldo was having a chat with Tavares, his Portuguese players together, and I saw him having a little word with Odegaard. They used to play for Real Madrid. You see these little things happening in most matches for people who know one another. They chat on the pitch. You can't meet after. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And there's a, there's a long... And, of course, our manager, he loves going on the pitch at full time, and he loves to get, he has a, spends about 10 minutes out there. He goes and shakes hands with everyone and walks around and claps the face. So the post-match thing is, is all different these days, isn't it? Yeah. And if you've won your game, and it's a big deal getting three points in the Premier League. It is a big deal, especially, especially yes, when, you're, yes. when you're going for something. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's interesting... Because the fans are into the young players, and because it's a new generation, it's a new thing, and there's a feeling of starting from quite far back. There's a quite forgiving attitude to it. What it's absolute balls up they made of the Brighton game. But this is so. This is what it's like sporting Arsenal at the moment. This is what's interesting about coming back a week later. We think we recorded last week in the depths of despair. Three shocking performances, dreadful results. Tottenham got ahead of us. We've blown our opportunity, having won a few games on the bounce. Maybe, maybe, maybe we could go to the bridge and do something. It might be a bit more open. We won there last year. Maybe we could do United. We, we did had a good performance against them. Old Trafford shouldn't have lost. And just went into it, fingers crossed, and then come out at the end of the week. It's an absolute party atmosphere. Well, I, you know, for the Chelsea what game, next? I, I was walking up to the pub <laughs> yeah. like a man who's facing a firing squad, hoping that maybe they'll have blanks, maybe they'll miss. <laughs> and, I, and I'm halfway up, up the road, I'm thinking, oh, do I turn back? Do I put myself through it? I thought, no, I'm meeting Mike, and we go up there. You sit down, and with another mate, he's a Tottenham fan. 
And then as you say, by the end of the evening, it's just like, oh, my God, you know. Because, you know, when Chelsea equalised, the Tottenham fans celebrating, but at the end of the evening, he was distraught. Oh, I did notice that little <laughs> fist punch under the table, Mark. Thank you very much. Second, word, yeah. word for Saka taking that penalty oh. on, on Wednesday. And then again, yesterday. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, the bravery of the boys... It's amazing. Didn't you like as well that Aspilicueta was trying to get in his head and interfere great. with him and he, and he just dismissed him with a gesture of his hands. Yeah. Uh, a real... Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Something so London about it. Piss <laughs> off. <laughs> it, was, it was great. It, it was, was lovely. Great. It was yeah. lovely. And yeah, and he smashed it in and then he took another pen yesterday against De Gea. I mean, bearing in mind, he's taken three pens in his career against Donnarumma, Mendy and De Gea. <laughs> and uh, he should Decent. never have been put in a position at Wembley last no. summer. Should mm-hmm. never have been put in that position, Raheem Sterling. Should not have been in that position taking that penalty but he had a lot of bottle to do it and he showed he's still he's got more bottle than the average footballer that boy yeah. he really is something special so special he's 20 years old and he loves Arsenal he loves playing for Arsenal we love him so they just need to tie him down give him all the money in the world and tie him down to a contract because him and Smith Rowe together what a great time they could have in the next few years especially if they could bring some new signings in we're not to listen to uh, papering over the cracks here we are very aware that we could easily have lost either game and that there were <laughs> there were say. long periods where we were in a right mess and yeah. and uh Granite Xhaka, who's had two good performances this week and scored a terrific goal, still managed to turn his back on a shot and deflect it in his own net at Chelsea. Makes you want to scream. He's just always got this in him, this sort of ricket, and then he turns around and blames someone else. Oh, my God, it drives you mad. I, I read on the yesterday. BBC... Uh, uh, yeah, a booking yesterday. I read on the BBC website after the Chelsea game, it goes, Mikel Arteta vindicated as Eddie and Ketia inspires Gunners win. I thought, this, how can you write that down? As, where's this? Has he vindicated? He's finally played El Nenny, who we've been crying out for since Party got injured. And then Ketia, who's waiting until April to give him a start. And now he's vindicated in, in giving away all. I mean, this absolutely drives you mad. But there, there it is. Eddie, Eddie got a chance. Mm. And we've been on here for, I don't know, about a year. Just asking for Eddie to have a chance. Just have a run of games in the Premier League. Give him 10. You're about to give him away and you have never given him a go at number nine. And it's not, it's just, it's wrong. And there he was, two tremendous goals at the bridge. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. He was unlucky to get one yesterday. Although he should have scored with the first chance, but the second one he buried it, and yeah. uh, uh, it was the VAR. It was too much waiting about yesterday. By the oh, way, it was tremendous it? amounts of waiting about. I've Could never you done... imagine Ferguson dealing with VAR? <laughs> he would have been on the pitch yesterday punching the referee. Or would you have heard him? He'd have been in a car up to Stokely Park, strangling uh, the guy around the throat. Can you me. imagine? He, can you imagine if there's a TV screen next to Ferguson? Oh, my God. That it's not going to be broken before the end of 90 minutes. <laughs> yeah. But he hasn't just put his fist through yeah. it. Yeah. And what's so weird, what I don't understand is what, they've got the screen there and the ref goes over to have a look at whatever has happened and they've got it facing the pitch. So then standing five yards behind him are half the players, from players from both teams... Watching the replay with him, they're all, but no one in the ground can see what they're no. seeing. 
Just, just the players. We've got no idea. As you say, Nketiah got in and slightly snatched at his first chance, which he should have just put round his feet, I think. But De Gea, it went right his face, basically, didn't it? And he yeah, parried he just, it away. Yeah, parried it. And the next chance he had, he took a little beat and had a look and drilled it in the corner. And we yeah. thought, oh, well done, mate. Yeah. And, but he was, oh, what, an inch offside? Well, I mean, it was slightly more offside than Ronaldo, it turns out. <laughs> Ronaldo got an equaliser, didn't he? I mean, no, it's really, he's level. That's another bad decision. It's, it's level. I mean, yeah. why are they getting involved? If it's like a couple of inches or half a foot or something, don't get involved. Yeah. If he's clearly, it's half a metre off, he's off. Yeah. yeah. We had one the other day and I didn't care because obviously no one wants Manchester City to win anything ever. But... In the City Liverpool game, Raheem Sterling got put through by someone, a perfect pass, and he's yeah. off and he's in on goal and he slid it in the corner. It's a goal. And then they pulled it back and they said that he's offside because he was leaning forward because he was sprinting. His feet were behind the Liverpool players' feet. Yeah. And he's moving, he's going in a forward direction. Of course, he's he leaning is. forward, just like Usain Bolt leaning forward when he's winning 100 metres. You're leaning forward if you're sprinting. You can't be given offside because you're leaning forward. Where you are on the pitch is where your foot is. Yeah. yeah. Where well, your where foot is, foot was, is where you it? are. If you, if you watch rugby and the winger's got the ball and he's driving for the corner and he's trying to get the ball over the line, there's a couple of big blokes who want to kill him. If his foot goes over the line, he's out of play. He's, he's, then that's what they look for. Yeah. Is his foot out? Is he on the pitch? If, if his foot's on the pitch, he's on the pitch. Where the rest of him is, doesn't matter. If he's managed to keep a foot on, where your foot is, where you're standing on the grass, that is where you are. Yeah. Not where your body is, it's where you're nonsense. leaning. It's mm. nonsense. It's nonsense. I, I actually thought Eddie, I mean, I thought Eddie was more offside than Ronaldo. Yeah, I thought Ronaldo was level. Look at, but when you look at it, though, it's actually the arm, the foot, where, where the line was. Was that what it was? Foot, Underneath his arm. So it's the arm. Is they're into they're the, giving it into on the, the shoulder zone, all the time. And the foot yeah. was in the blue zone. But you think, well, the arm is not going to score the goal, it's the foot. So if the foot's onside... It's nonsense. We, it's we all nonsense. agree. We all agree. And the ref's got to look at the monitor while he's got Darren Fletcher shouting at him from five yards away. Is it the same in Europe? Are are they doing the same in the Spanish league, the German league, Italy? I I don't know and I don't care. But I I agree with Ian. And as you say, Keith, if Ferguson had been there, can you imagine? But I mean, Arteta down there. When there's a VAR, he's leaping around. Waving yeah. his arms out, no, not a cat and else chance of him being in his technical area, no. respectfully waiting the official's decision, yelling, gesticulating at the crowd, shouting at the fourth, like a lunatic, like a, someone who's got out of an asylum. You think someone make him sit down and shut up? Is it going to benefit Arsenal if he's driving a mental down there? At Stamford Bridge the other day, he went into some full on hilarious El, El Caldeo pouting and nodding his head and pouting <laughs> as he was sarcastically saying yeah yeah of course that's right yeah I mean he virtually went chinny wreck on to the fourth official yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, mean I, really losing the plot the bloke the other thing by the way I think you're right it's the crowd I mean we played a big part in that game yesterday there was no doubt mm. that we made a difference yeah and we're not told what's going on. I know this has been said. I know this has been said a million times. Um, but it's but still relevant to talk about it because it was in, it was a big thing yesterday. If you're a United fan, I think you'd have every right to feel a bit hard done by, you know, because 
the Enketia goal that was disallowed, they then pull it back for the challenge that Telles made on Saka and give a pen for it. It probably was a foul, it probably was a pen, but how can you stop the game and then when, how far do you go back and look was, at all the collisions and incidents yeah, and moments know. with bodies colliding in the penalty area and then suddenly this ball's in the net. Oh, no, he's a half an inch offside. But if we go back four seconds, you'll see that this lad bumps into the other lad. This well, isn't we, sport, is it? Well, when, that, when um, uh, Cedric did that, uh, handball, which it yeah. was, by the way. It was yeah. a, was a, when pen- we said, was a penalty. When Cedric yeah. did that handball, we got away with it. I said to Becky, who was sat next to me, I said, I hope we don't score from this phase of play. Because I was thinking, how long does this go on? Because it went back and forward a bit. And I thought, they, they surely at some point they have to go, right, that's the end of that bit. But, mm. but I don't... I don't totally understand the rules anymore. And I always thought I did. Yeah. <laughs> and it turns out I don't. Well, the, as, as far as I'm concerned, the rule still is, if you're level, you're, you're on side. And where, where people's limbs are or where, which way they're leaving, if you, to the, basically, to the naked eye, he's left their level, you can see it. The Sterling one was a farce. Yeah. And as the I Ronaldo say, I don't, one, um, as it turns out, was, well, that's level. I mean, yeah. it was level. But why why can't they just make a simple rule that anybody, it's just clear daylight. If it's an Arsenal player, clear he's daylight. on the side. Oh, of course, yeah. That's yeah. the rule. That's a good one. That's the rule. We need to write the FA. <laughs> Let's talk about uh, good players playing well because it's so nice to be able to do that. Um, Eddie came in and got a chance at number nine. Well, he's got a ball, pace. A, a ball played up the line and suddenly there's someone chasing. This is what is one of his best attributes is, is he will chase you down and if you make a mistake... i tell you who was a bit like it um, back in the day was Ian Rush. Yeah. He, he would be there. If you make a mistake, Rush would be on you. Defend from the front. That's what they used to talk about. First defend from the front. But yeah. the pressure on centre-halves, who, who are a bit ponderous and the ball's in the mud and they needed a bit of time to play their part. There was no time. Rush was on you. Yeah. And, and Wright, he used to chase about as well. He was a nightmare for defenders. But Eddie chased Christensen down. And Christensen made such a hash of that pass. I mean, it went nowhere near Mendy. It kind of just landed a few yards away. And Eddie was on to that. He went across the other lad, the, the uh, defender. Yeah. So he couldn't foul him. And then he's in front of Mendy. He just made it look so Good easy. finish that. He did make yeah, it look easy. because he had a lot to do. I know it was an initial mistake, but he still had to take it. And, you know, we've seen him Yeah, and, it, and it's, this is the chance he's been waiting for yeah. all season. They didn't let him leave last summer. They didn't let him leave in January. We're going to keep you, and then he wouldn't play him, wouldn't play him, wouldn't play him. And he's waited all this all this time for this opportunity in front of the goal at Stamford Bridge, and he took it. And then his next goal, that was so Ian Wright. Mm. That really that was. was an Ian Wright goal, yeah. The ball's yeah. bobbling about. There's two or three defenders. Tiago Silva's got a foot on it. These are no mugs, these people back there, by the way. Tiago Silva knows what he's doing. And Golo Kante was there. That's true. He's a decent player. He knows a bit of it. And, yeah. and he's, he's in there amongst these guys, yeah. wriggling around. He's got one thing in his mind. Get a shot off, Where's yeah. that ball? Get a shot off. Yeah. And he towed it in the corner of the goal again, past arguably the best keeper in the world. I just so proud of him. I just felt this is fantastic. I love this. And he's ex Chelsea. They gave him away at 16 or whatever it was, and he came to Arsenal. I don't know what'll happen. I hope he stays and continues to play for Arsenal and score goals for Arsenal, but who knows in the summer. Mm. I- 
I thought his hold-up play yesterday, I thought he was getting the ball to feet yesterday and, and he's got Lindelof or whoever on his back or Varane and he's coming away with the ball and he's well, holding the play well, up and laying it off. And well, this I thought, is what he learns by, by playing in, on a regular basis and that's what I was saying with the League Cup. He'd scored some goals in the League Cup and he should have been given his time then. You know, or at least brought on yeah. for the last 20, 30 well, minutes. It's so crazy, was. Keith, isn't it? Because, yeah. about, all right, whatever went on between uh, Arteta and Aubameyang, <clears throat> it sounds pretty ugly. And, they, and he left. He goes to Barcelona. He will not stop scoring goals every week. He's, he's awkward. Got, he's three. He's three off the record for a, span, a striker signed in Spain in January. He's doing quite well over there. He's got more goals than all our boys put together <laughs> until until this week. Right? So that's all a bit awkward. And then Lacazette just appears to have no desire to get in the box. And there's no, no way that Laka would have got those two goals at the bridge. No. There's no way. We won that game because of Enketia. And the other thing is well, Laka's form was poor and he couldn't score and he still wouldn't pick Enketia. He still wouldn't pick it. He ended up kind of forced to, really, because Laka got COVID. Mm. There is there is a there is a narrative that's that with Arteta that he gets forced into positions. He got forced to pick the kids and whatever it was, like when Saka and Smithrow came in early on against Chelsea. He didn't want to do that, but he got forced to by by illness and, and injuries. And I think there's something in that as well. Uh, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm just glad we got there in the end. <laughs> yeah, well, we've got to where we've got to. Uh, well, I'm looking at it here where we're actually only two points behind Chelsea now. <laughs> and they've got a couple of games they got hand. West Ham today. Um, and we're two points ahead of Tottenham. Tottenham play Leicester at home. Liverpool away, and then they play Arsenal. And that is uh, next to a West Ham away and Leeds at home. Um, Tottenham, obviously, they'll get destroyed by Liverpool. Leicester, who knows? Mm -hmm. Leicester can be difficult. Nobody knows anything at the moment. Do you think, though, the Tottenham-Arsenal game should be played with the money that you're going to make in the Champions League by the side of the pitch? (laughs) Just so they can see it. Like a big gold chest like in Spartacus. Remember when he tries to get the slave, the guy with the ships? Yeah. He's got a big old chest full of goblets and all sorts at the side of the pitch. And they they have to walk past it if they don't get in the Champions League. They should put it up in the director's box. (laughs) (laughs) So they can all all sit there. Coveting it, coveting the riches. Yeah. And they're just a dreaming of how much I can put the season ticket prices up by. Oh, imagine how much we'll be out of charge of these bastards if we qualify for the Champions League. That as well. They're not that singing, as well. we've got super trash conk, Josh Cronker, are they? I, I think that's a great idea. Maybe we should have a trophy for fourth place. Oh, full fuck is a trophy. Full fuck is a trophy. Well, we should have a trophy for it. You wait for it if you're listening. There's your opportunity. Yeah. A smaller version, just a no. small European bigger, cup. solid gold, solid gold, and solid gold, <laughs> and not even with not even like a plate. It's not you can't. It's not even empty in the middle. It's just actual gold. You know what it should be? It should be a gold bust of Arsene Wenger. <laughs> full place. Full place is a trophy. <laughs> But I agreed about Eddie. Eddie was great yesterday, and and I'm I, I'm a little sad he didn't get another goal. But I I, I want him leading the line. For I the thought rest he had season. scored, you know, well, because we, at the because yeah. I was up in the in the uh, up in the box right behind the other the other end at the North Bank end. So when the first goal went in. And it was scored by Tavares. I thought that was Enketia. Yeah. He's got the number 20 on the back, and I thought it was the number 30 from that distance. And I thought, Eddie's got another one. 
And then they said the goal scorer is Nuno Tavares. What was what he doing he there? Doing there? there What's were, he doing were, there? I said that at least four <laughs> times in the game. What is he doing there? You know he had more shots than Ronaldo yesterday, Tavares. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he's an absolute poachers. I mean, a real Eddie Nketiah goal on yeah. on the rebound, yeah. first one there. And scored it. Saka, of course, got the shot off. And we started fast, didn't we? We came out the blocks and yeah. they exactly said afterwards that Mikel Arteta had said to him, if you start fast, you get the crowd going. And, you know, Arteta's big on, he wants the crowd. He always gesticulating at us to make us make more noise. I thought the crowd made quite a lot of noise as it goes yesterday. Yeah. And then we got another goal, the penalty. So we're two up. And then rather like under... Unai Emery didn't seem to quite know what to do next. Mm. <laughs> if, he, if Arsenal went two up under Emery, they would then have to go into, oh, what do we do at 2-0 up? We shut the game down, two banks of four, low block, try and nick a third and a break. I remember a game against Palace. We were two up in 20 minutes. We ended up nearly losing it. I think it was a draw in the end. What you want is to go and get a third. But we, we kind of let them back in. Well, it they was started a to pass goal, it a bit, wasn't it, in a way, because it's like you thought Ramsdale had this covered, and then Oliver said to me, uh, not our Oliver, uh, he said it looks like he saw something. I said, what? Like a cat, you know? Because <laughs> it clearly wasn't the ball. <laughs> what what, what did he say? You know? It was weird, wasn't it? Ramsdale yeah. looked like he was going to dive out for it. Cross came in from our right, and you thought he's going to dive out for that. And then he stopped. And I think the two defenders who were there also thought Aaron's going to dive out for that. Gabriel stopped as well, didn't he? Yeah. So he stopped. Yeah. So then all our players stopped. Yeah. And I guess who didn't stop? Yeah. <laughs> the guy who scored 800 goals, yeah. which he's done by never, ever stopping yeah. if there's a whiff of a goal in a six-yard Well, box. it would have been nice if he had stopped. And I was thinking, well, what if they're stopping? I might as well stop as well. <laughs> Clearly... <laughs> I've not seen. I'm not seeing. Someone, yes. someone at that point needs to shout out. There's a cat. There's a cat. Cristiano, it's a cat over there. Where? Where's the cat? <laughs> then it goes out harmlessly for a goal kick. Cat on the pitch. Got you again. Oh, sorry. There's a cat. Is there? <laughs> Quite nice that the Arsenal fans did the uh, applause. Yeah. On seven minutes for Cristiano Ronaldo, the absolutely appalling tragedy. Mm. It's unbearably sad news about losing a twin baby. And condolences, of course, from all, everybody involved with Arsenal. It's a terrible, terrible thing. And, and, and in a way, it was nice to... I felt it was nice to see him. I mean, he's always been a hated enemy of ours, of course. And I do remember him in our net of the North Bend, shushing us after he'd scored a goal in an away win years ago. And he's always been strutting and posturing, but yeah. at the end of a career, when you see, you know, arguably the greatest of all time, scoring another goal against you, you think, oh, there he is. Maybe yeah. we won't see him again. I was pretty yeah. nice to see him, but also quite nice that the Arsenal fans, true to form, having shown their respect, done the applause within three minutes, booed his every touch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As it should be. That's yeah. as it should be. I was pleased yeah. to see him he, as well. he, wouldn't, he wouldn't have had it any other way, no. I'm sure. No. Yeah. And he you is know, a phenomenal because We know how good he is. I mean, he's still a class act. You know? He was the best player on the pitch. He was, actually, Even still, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Even yeah. still, 30, whatever he is, 37 now. and he just no, Some people get, some opponents get booed because you're scared of them, don't mm. they? Because yeah. they're, they're too good. Yeah. Um, and he, he I mean, really he did get them back in it. He scored two goals. One was disallowed. But then in the end, um, Granite Xhaka, who played well in midfield, it's 
so strange of Mikel's selections. I, he brought it goes back to the back four, having done this slightly odd thing at Chelsea, where it was three at the back, and with Tavares and Saka as wing backs, but then it seemed to switch to four at the back at times with Ben White at full back, and and. Uh, he was saying afterwards that Tuchel switches Chelsea about and it's trying to... Like, there's some tactical chess game going on. Who knows what's going on over there? I think what's going on with Chelsea is that they've just been stuffed home by Brentford, stuffed home by Real Madrid, and they're wobbling. Mm. The ground's half empty. Uh, Tuchel's blaming the pitch. Lukaku, I don't know what is happening Oh, he looks about four stone overweight. Oh, he looks like he's on Mogadon. He doesn't even look like a footballer. <laughs> He looks like he should be on the undercard at Frank Warren's bill at Wembley Stadium. What, what was you saying that uh, Jimmy and we Floyd just took advantage. said about... Um... Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank was a pundit, and I like him a lot. Mm. He's, in a way, he's one of those players you wish you'd play for Arsenal. But And he was full of praise for Eddie Nketiah. Perhaps, I, perhaps that's why I warmed to him. But then he said of, of Lukaku... You do have to run about, and I laughed out loud. I mean, I really... Have we not been saying it for years? You do have to run about. And there's one thing that Eddie does. He runs about. He does. Yeah. And the one thing about Aubameyang that you notice when he kind of stopped playing for Arteta and he didn't like it anymore and he was unhappy, he stopped running about. Well, he stopped walking. Yeah. <laughs> More of a He went in for standing about. Yeah, and Lacazette, <laughs> Lacazette wasn't running about very much. He wasn't. But I don't the think last he can. No, when he got dropped, he, yeah. his confidence went, didn't he? Yeah. So, yeah, we, so it was... Um, yeah, we took advantage, I suppose, of that of that mess for Chelsea. But I don't know what to say about Lukaku. For a while, I thought quite fancied signing him for Arsenal. But when he played in that feet. game, when he played in the first or the second game of the season when they beat us, and, and you, they're European champions and they've signed Romelu Lukaku and he looked about a foot taller and a, and a couple of seconds faster than any of our players. And I thought, oh my God, they're going to be unstoppable. Mm. And he's just just gone backwards. Well, he absolutely bullied... He bullied Pablo Mari, didn't he? Oh, and uh, and there was a lot of talk about oh, Arsenal are letting them play it into his feet. They're letting them play it into his feet. And it turns out if you put someone in front of him and you can't, he can't have the ball played into his feet, he can't move about to find any touches. In that game at home, we quite wanted him to change. Rhys James was bombing down the right. Now he's suddenly he's put Rhys James in the back three and Aspilicueta at wing back. I don't get it. But Rhys James is bombing down the right and into loads of space, scored a goal. And we're looking at it thinking, go to three at the back, put some wing backs on, match them up. They're doing us. And so he went to the bridge and he seemed to have done that. He seemed to change the personnel. Then it was a four, then it was a three, then it was, a, you know, he's got Elneny in there, thank God. He needed him in there. It's too much for Lukonga to deal with a single pivot. It's too much. He got swamped. We lost three games badly through bad team selection. But he puts Elneny in, away from home, at Chelsea, with a back three, get in there and be in front of the... Of the of, principally Lukaku I suppose get in the way of their passing lanes block it up brilliant when you're at home he reverts to a back four brings Cedric back in and says to Elneny now we're at home we are going to pass out from our six yard box good luck yeah. and Elneny and even though Xhaka had a good game we could not get out of our half for about 30-40 minutes in the middle period either side of half time in that game you know it was just on us wow. we just kept conceding possession I mean we Sorry. couldn't get out of our off. They missed the penalty. They had a goal disallowed. They should have been winning the game. Yeah. And then yeah. Granite Jacker pulled the trigger from 30 yards and that killed him. Right. That killed him dead. And then it turned out that Eddie Nketiah was offside standing in front of De Gea 
and there was a strong case for the goal being disallowed. So it's another one where United would feel hard done by. Rio yeah. Ferdinand was hilariously hard done by after the game. <laughs> I mean, I heard he was really, really upset. It's absolutely marvellous. He was. And what was really brilliant about it, what was so brilliant about it, Ian, was he was upset and opposite him, just chiving in a way and wouldn't let him lie, was Martin Keogh. As annoying <laughs> as he always was for years. And every yeah. time he's going, that should be disallowed. And Ketty is offside. De Gea's vision is blocked. That's a, And Keogh's going, I disagree. I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> the well, goal's been given. Nor did the VAR, incidentally, because they went to VAR and they checked it and they said that Lindelof also was, was in the way first. So mm. he might have slightly got in the yeah. way of the shot. But you know what? If they'd have disallowed that... We'd have all. Who knows what might have happened? But it was such a beautiful moment, and you just think, no, 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 no. It, that's a good goal, isn't it? That is. Oh, a good well, this goal. is the, the other thing. I don't know what you think Ian, about this. What the linesman used to do was they'd make a call. They'd make a call if the linesman flagged there. Said the guy, there's a guy offside. There's a guy standing offside. He's a yard off, and he's in front of the keeper, and then the goal's disallowed. But you can see, you would have seen a flag. Oh shit! It's not. It's not going to count. Yeah, and Shaka, to that point, Shaka yeah. would have seen the flag. Yeah. Everyone would have seen the flag. Arteta would have blown a gasket, but it would have been chalked off. Yeah. But what happens now is they don't flag. No. And sometimes you see quite heavy 50-50 collisions when the linesman knows full well there's off, there's an offside that he's going to come back to in a minute. So the whole ground, you never know if it's a goal or not a goal because they no longer flags. No point having a linesman. It's absolutely no. No, there isn't at this point. I mean, they <laughs> yeah. don't put their flags up, do they? Until until even when it's obvious sometimes. But I, uh, yeah, I, I I wish I'd seen that uh, Rio Ferdinand. There were so Kerr many thing. things that went, <laughs> went wrong with the VAR and the decisions. I mean, the Fernandez. Ta- uh, Did you see that match of the day? Because Ronnie last night was talking about that and he Mm. said when he played the pass, Fernandez was not even in the shot. Yeah. Right? Mm. Which is which I'd said to Rosie, my missus, a couple of seconds before, to complete lack of interest from her. I'll be honest with you. (laughs) That surprises (laughs) me. She sort of looked up from whatever she's doing on Twitter again. Oh, okay, fair enough. And uh, (laughs) but he was not even in the shot, and then he comes in, the ball's miles away. Uh, he's trying to hurt the opponent that yeah. is a red card I it's do not card. understand it I do not Why? it was a, it was a nasty spiteful red card and Mike Mason Mount by the way the other day That's. I mean I know we've got away with stuff yesterday and they can moan on about the handball that Cedric and we might have got away with a couple of VARs but we we should have had two players sent off against us in the last four days and we haven't mm-hmm. so yeah. you know and we of... had so many things went against us in the Man City game at the Emirates that we were we were owed one of these exactly that sort <laughs> of stuff the ironic thing is yeah. They're going to end up saying, the thing with VAR is it evens out over the course of a season. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, brilliant. Well done for introducing it. And by the way, Fernandez missing the penalty. Uh, Anyone who takes 800 steps and then does that and then Ramsdale going up to him. I mean, it was almost Martin Keown, wasn't it? Not quite. Yeah. It it was a massive celebration. And the celebration from Arteta and the pit crew was like we'd scored a goal. They went absolutely demented. But when you've got Ronaldo on the pitch, why would you let Fernandez, you know... Why would you let him take it? How can I mean? I know that Bruno Fernandes is a, is a top level player, and he's taken a lot of penalties successfully in his career. But how can anyone take a penalty when Cristiano Ronaldo is behind him with his hands on his hips? You think Bruno is going to turn around and say to him, "Can you not look? Can you look the other way? Because <laughs> yeah. I can feel you looking." 
And I, it's putting me off. I bet you're actually saying you're going to miss. You're going to, if you yeah. let me take it, I'll score, but you're going to yeah. miss, mate. 807 <laughs> goals and counting. What and I said to Keith, as he's running out, I said, how can they not have Ronaldo taking this? Yeah. I was delighted strange. it wasn't Ronaldo. Yeah. Me too. Me too. You know, and if he had taken it, and if they had got the VAR, which they, the goal that he had disallowed, the then the exact thing that happened last week to Norwich, which we were dreading, mm. it would have happened to us. A Cristiano Ronaldo hat trick and three points to Manchester United. But it, it didn't happen. We got the breaks yesterday. So here's the question then, Al, because I know you've been a bit sort of, you know, lukewarm on Mikel Arteta. Understatement. <laughs> 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 I've got a song from him. I've got a song from him. We've got crazy Mick Arteta. Nobody knows what he needs. He shouts and shouts and shouts. He waves his arms about. Maybe a drop of CBD. We've got crazy Mick Arteta. Nobody knows what he needs. He shouts and shouts and shouts. He waves his arms about. Maybe a drop of CBD. Yes. Catch up. I'm he's a fruitcake, mate. He's an absolute fruitcake. Do you know what? By the way, but he's our fruitcake. He and is, he, and he's, and he, you know, he's an egomaniac, and he's a El Caldillo, and he's all these things. But a lot of these characteristics are perhaps what you need to have to run such a massive organisation at a young age with no experience. Wow. I don't know. Elliot Steele, Elliot Steele, Mark's son and comedian, yeah. called him a walking small man syndrome. <laughs> 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 and and it was interesting because I've I've always liked him and I, I want him to do well. I mean, I know we all do, but that one hit home a little bit. But he has... It's not just the players who've energised the crowd. I, mm. There's something going on there that I haven't felt in a while. And I'm sure... And he, it's not that he's got nothing to do with it, is, I suppose, my point. Yeah, I know, I'm sure you're, you're probably right. I mean, I don't know what I'm supposed to say. I'd, people want to pin me all the time on this subject. And listen, I'm an Arsenal fan. I love Arsenal. I love going down there. I, I'm enjoying seeing a bunch of young players come through. It's what we always love. It's what we loved. I've made the comparison many times on the air. It takes me back to the George Graham days yeah. when suddenly there was Rocky and Merson and Thomas and Adams. And to see these boys from the, the academy come through, and there's a lot more of them coming as well. I absolutely love it. And, you know, half the crowd are energised by Mikel's craziness down there and half the crowd are thinking, oh, sit down, you prick. You know, that's the truth of it. Who is that? Who is that, yeah. When he wasn't there against Manchester City because he had COVID and there was just Peter Stuyvesant down there who was very, very calm and giving instructions and having conversations with Erdegaard. Erdegaard is chipping his way towards player of the season, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the second half of this season, his been really excellent and, and I I really like him as a person his character on the pitch the way he is with the other team the, his, his teammates and with the other team if he doesn't get involved with the rep I think he's terrific he's really good news well, you know we've only got but he was having you... conversations with sorry Keith he was having yeah. conversations with Peter Stuyvesant in a really calm and organised way that I remember seeing him pointing at Raheem Sterling and there's a space here and what do we do and how do we do that he don't have to blow a gasket to get the crowd going the crowd were fully going in that Man City game and the reason they were fully going was because we were playing so well mm, yeah. and if you remember in that match Thomas Partey was showing he was one of the world's best midfielders in that game yeah, he was great and, they, and you know so 
listen, it is what it is, what it is, and there are many of us who have got perhaps it's a nostalgic, romantic uh, love for Patrick Vieira, and he's managing up the road. It's difficult for us, yeah, you know. Yeah, you have to yeah. have some sympathy. We're in pain. I see. That. No, I, to- I totally <laughs> you know. see that. I just, I just feel that we but give. Yeah, Palace we, have we... lost some ma- matches recently since they beat us. You know, there was games that they. Well, I think you know, so... I think uh, they lost that cup semi-final, and and I think that's the end of their season. Yeah. Really, you know, they're safe and they're not going down. They thought they might get to Wembley they, to, for the, to the final, I mean, yeah. and uh, and it didn't happen. And they're a young side who've worked their socks off all season. Three of them have got in the England team and they really have done amazingly well, Palace, yeah. given yeah. that he not only was a new manager, but it was pretty much a whole new team. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's people saying, yeah, why do you like Vieira so much? Yeah, Palace aren't doing any better than last year. I think oh, people, say that. They they people say that just don't understand what they're looking at. Of course at. they are. No one's they talking don't about understand. Palace. No one's talking about Palace in relegation. I mean, it's not been talked about all season, which is unusual. He is doing also, really well. But also the style of play is yeah, transformed nice. from, from Roy into a, a progressive attacking style with these wonderful players like Elise and Will's still there. Hey, what is done with Lovely. Conor Gallagher. Conor Gallagher, you could make a case for him being the best midfielder in the league this yeah. season. But yeah. getting, back been to a, getting back to Odegaard, I want to say, yeah, I was impressed with him when Smithrow and Saka went off he sort of took on the responsibility because he was really our only creative player in that midfield area left, you know, someone who can make something happen. And he was saying to me, like, give me the ball, give me... He didn't disappear. He kept on, you know, making things happen. And then Tommy Ashu come on. That was great to see again. Oh, that's great to see him back, um, Tommy. Yes. Really, yes. really good. I and, like him a lot. And also because yeah. the balance of the team, he's more defensive, isn't he? So he, he'll just stay back a little bit. As opposed to Tavares and Cedric going bombing well, up the pitch. This is it. I mean, you know, back in the old day, the crowd would have been on their back, and there was a wasn't a that wasn't demonstrated, but there was a whiff of, oh Christ, if you really cock up and it leads to a goal, then it might turn on one of those two players. But I think there's a point with Cedric. It wasn't that he was having a bad game. He's just up against better opposition, and sometimes yeah, Sancho, that happens. Sancho was enjoying himself, it yeah. was. and without any cover. Yeah. 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 And again, you know, there's no one helping him. No. And the way the team's set up, now it's another formation, deploying different personnel, as you say, circumstances dictate you've got to pick X and Y, you didn't pick for months and now you have to. There's never really a feeling, I know we talk about this, it's, I know it's a running joke about the process, but <laughs> it's never really a feeling that there is a process. It's, what, what's happening now? <laughs> it, is, it is chaos. It is, <laughs> it's I a, agree. But I totally agree with you about Tommy Yasu. It yeah. is seriously good news. Yeah. And one of the reasons why is, is his positional now is exceptional. Bearing in mind that he's a young player he's only 22 22 23 yeah and his his positional now his ability to always seem to be in the right place at the right time when he went up against uh, Sadio Mane and Mane smashed him he's a filthy bastard Mane isn't he my god but I like him I'll have him in the team I'll have him in the team in a heartbeat he was unbelievable the other week but he's Tommy Asu coming back is very good news because West Ham have got some especially in uh, Bowen and Antonio, but also they've got some other creative players. They're quite a handful, and I could see us conceding. Uh, we, I mean, basically, we should have conceded three yesterday. We conceded one. Yeah. We conceded two at Chelsea. Could have been worse if Lukaku had been replaced by basically anyone else. I mean, you know. So uh, I think we're a bit vulnerable, and uh, it's good news to have him back. Yeah. Mm. yeah. 
But, I don't know what team but, he picked. You know, but... it's Tavares. <laughs> he had those periods where he, he couldn't put any, do anything right. He's making silly little mistakes that thankfully didn't lead to a goal. But when the third goal went in, it's like his confidence then lifted and he started playing better again. He's clearly he's a confidence player because when he scored early, you know, he scored his first goal, suddenly he was a stout. Amazing. Yeah. And then they had, they had those little periods, didn't they? Well, I think it affected him, did it? Do you think that he conceded a pen? I think, yeah, probably yeah. right. What's his arm doing up there? But, but, but let's not you forget. you jump, your arm goes up. It wasn't no, like he wasn't, fisted no, the okay. ball. It wasn't like that. But let's not forget that earlier in the season he was playing so well, there was talk about whether Tierney would get back in the team. Mm, so yes, he's, that's true. He's, he's a good but, player, but he's, he's obviously, I think you're right, Keith, he is a confidence player. And his confidence was a bit shot. I mean, he was. He kept, he kept, conf- how could he not? How could his confidence hooked. not be shot? Mm-hmm. Yeah, getting hooked. He got hooked time. at Forest after twenty-five minutes. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean that's nuts. That, I'm sorry, that's a young player. The reason he was doing well earlier in the season, possibly, was because he was picked every week. He had a run of games. Maybe someone alongside is talking him through matches and helping him out. You have to have a blend in a side. I suppose my point about Arteta, and I have always been. I, I've generally been a bit, you know, not a cheerleader, but I've wanted him to do well. But my point about Arteta is he's a young manager as well. And if we're going to give the young players a little bit of of, uh, of leeway, maybe a little bit of leeway for the manager as well, he's going to make oh, some mate, mistakes. he's had a lot of leeway. You know he's been in a job two and a half years. <laughs> and we won right. a trophy. And and we won the cup. I mean, yeah, we won the cup. Yeah. We won the cup. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah. And he's won these two fixtures now, and he's, there's absolutely no way now, as we said last week, who knows what's going to happen against Chelsea, Man United. Fingers crossed we turn up, play well and get results. Uh, let's face it, we're Arsenal fans. There is nothing better than seeing United imploding. Mm. And, and Arteta's going to be the manager next year, and they'll back him in the summer with money, and hopefully they'll recruit as well as they did last summer. And we look forward to it, you know. We got, and, and he might calm down on the touchline. He might be less of a nutcase, we don't know. But we're, I don't think we've perhaps... In, in our conversation, have celebrated enough the demise of Manchester United oh. because I, I watched them oh. against Liverpool midweek, and they were annihilated it was by brilliant. Liverpool. It was annihilated. So if Liverpool, if you'd said to Liverpool, if you score eight goals in this game, you get an extra point, they'd have scored <laughs> eight <laughs> goals. <laughs> It might have been eight four, but they scored eight goals. Right? They're they are terrible. They are terrible. They and are we... terrible. Their fans are furious, and every time you turn on the television, there's an ex United player. This is just like it used to be like for Liverpool. Do yeah. you remember? Yeah. Let's let's not forget we're praising Liverpool at the moment, and and rightly so. Klopp's extraordinary. The team he's built and the way they've done it. They haven't done it with a load of dodgy money it's just been it's a masterclass in football management, and there's no getting away from it. And the style of plays. Exceptional. But for a long time, they were ex-Liverpool players all over the media, rolling their eyes and slagging them off for years and years and years because they weren't competing for the league. And they had, in fact, it was 30 years. It was. And all the, and, uh, all the managers act... This is what's happening to United now. And the managers, oh, they're all there. And the Liverpool managers at the time and United have had the previous managers sitting there, glaring at them, oh, I was the one who won trophies, you're winning nothing. So there was pressure on the new managers, wasn't it's there? It's great. It's great. But they got know? Sir Alex Ferguson stand, haven't they? <laughs> <laughs> with, with Sir Alex Ferguson With him it. sitting in it. <laughs> but why did Man United announce that they're going to have, uh, was it, Den Haag? take over why don't they do that at the end of the season they're looking for a bounce they're looking they are so desperate Keith they're looking for some sort of bounce bounce. but 
that club, that I mean, honestly, if they <clears> knocked down Old Trafford and told them to go away for five years and rebuilt <laughs> it with a brand new, it would. I don't think they'd be any worse off, to be honest with you, <laughs> rather than keeping Aaron Maguire and Varane and these ridiculous expensive signings. It's absolutely joyous to see Fernandez's little face yesterday after he missed that penalty, and he's, yeah. he's instantly so smackable, isn't he, Fernandez? Snidey little cheat, yeah. nasty little Brilliant. bastard, and, and classic to see him United player, absolutely. <laughs> Inherited the mantle of Ruth Van Nistelrooy and Paul Scholes and all the other snidey, filthy little shitbags we've had to put up with down the years. You are shit and we are loving it. And your ground's falling apart and every manager you appoint collapses and it's just like the old days. And City, this is the only good thing about City winning things is it makes you even more unhappy. We have always hated you. And yesterday it was absolutely joyous to be reminded that right down deep inside all of us, there is a loathing of Manchester United that will never go away. I've, I've got to pick you up on something there, Alan. When you say yes. ground falling apart, <coughs> we have to mention, ladies and gentlemen, listeners oh, to yeah. this podcast, I think Stanley yes. could talk us through this. You were there, weren't you? I wasn't you? there. I oh, was sitting no, in other seats. He was oh, right. in a different block. I was in block th- 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 What Keith is alluding to, listener, is in block 32 yesterday. Um, we suspect it might have something to do with the fact that the roof's been leaking on this road for about 10 years, and we have mentioned this, and there's nothing to be done about it. Uh, a bolt snapped and four seats collapsed. Five. Four, four, five. Five <laughs> seats collapsed, occupied by our good friends of ours, <laughs> who, then had to be, who then had to be relocated to other seats around the lower tier because the seats actually broke. They did. So it, it keeps quite right. We, we are not ones to crow about... They actually fell down. Their stadium falling apart. Look, they were ground. saying they had to perch for a while. There was the people <laughs> at the back row holding the seat on while they perched... <laughs> So there was like, but they were saying there was an element of sympathy, but at the same time, it was like, sit down, we can't. Sit down for Christ's sake. I can't hold on to this seat any longer. But then, I said they should all go to Claims Direct, make the claim whiplash. You know, yeah. I was disappointed they didn't stay down. Stay down holding your neck. (laughs) Oh, my neck. Oh, my back, my back. (laughs) Can't feel my legs. That's it. Yeah, but you know what? A personal check from Stan Kroenke for a million pounds. They'd have just raised the season ticket prices more to pay for injuries caused by the stadium, wouldn't they? Let's be fair. It's an extra couple of quid because Damien's got whiplash. But the stewards (laughs) apparently came down and reacted like, "Oh, oh, another set of seats falling off, have they? Oh, really? Yeah, it was like there was no questioning what happened. Uh, Apparently, uh, Damien said two bolts literally popped up in the air and then they they fell down. But five seats... Just it doesn't make you think, oh, they must have had two dodgy bolts. It makes you think it was only a matter of time before every seat in the ground. It's not so much the seats I'm worried about. It's those great big iron girders that's holding the roof up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that could fall down on us. <laughs> I mean, the worrying thing, Old Trafford was built in whatever, the 50s or 60s, the lots of, you know, ours was built in 2004. Ivory never I mean, fell yeah. apart. We were there years. Ivory never fell apart. Ivory <laughs> would still be there now. <laughs> that is a fair we point. We've sat years. We yeah. should never have left that ground. No. We should never have left that ground. <laughs> that ground didn't injure its own fans, did it? <laughs> we sat there for years and years and years. I mean, is it gonna Those s- barriers in the North Bank, I don't know how long they've been there for. Are they going to say on the season ticket next year, uh, it may be a slight chance when you come in, you might not make it through the end of the game. You, uh, you come in at your own risk. You know, like when you enter a, a racetrack, you know, you're standing in that stand, you might be in the area where the cars crash into it. You know, this yeah. roof may implode. 
Who knows? It's not good. It's not good, How is good it? Is it? No, yeah, it's not good. Really. Uh, we'll have to put a picture up on the Twitter page. You know, I mean. Now, uh, lads, uh, Sam uh, Scott from Melbourne, uh, be- buoyed by the lovely reception for my Wurzel's Erdegaard oh, mashup. Oh, yeah, we've got... We've <laughs> I've got, got a brand-new Martin Erdegaard, Arsenal's number eight. That's excellent. That's excellent. <laughs> I've got a brand-new Martin Erdegaard. We just think he's great. <laughs> when he sees Saka running, he puts it on a plate. I've got a brand-new Martin Erdegaard, Arsenal's number eight. This is one of my, the highlights That's of brilliant. the 2022. Stuck in my ear now forever. <laughs> And now he's done uh, uh, to the tune of Just Can't Get Enough by Depeche Mode. He's done, now smash your strikers and shag your wife as well. Ben White and Gabrielle. Ben <laughs> White and Gabrielle. <laughs> Made by Goblin of Hay and for Mikel. Ben White and Gabrielle. Ben White and Gabrielle. I tell my wife she's the only one, but I just can't seem to get enough of. Kieran Tommy, so they'll smash your strikers and shag your wife as well. Ben White and Gabriel, Ben White and Gabriel, they're made by God, but they're playing for Mikel. Ben White and Gabriel. Anyway, it's one. Listen, sir, get yourself to the white game and get those songs moving. You are got it. I do like dun 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 in the United game I've just seen a stat that's put me in an even better mood which I didn't think was possible Bruno Fernandes is the first Manchester United player since Teddy Sheringham in 1997-98 to miss two penalties in a single season what a pair of pricks and then a smiling emoji uh, thanks for the podcast I'll never email you again thank you Andy that's very nice <laughs> It's nice to be reminded of. It's particularly the way like that. he took the penalty. It's the the little all the steps. Remember, was that Italian player Zaza who did about nine hundred steps and then blasted it over the bar? And yeah. it, it's just that way of taking a penalty. It's just it's, it, especially when, it when you see Bakaya Saka to step up and yeah, he yeah. knows that De Gea saw where he put the penalty against Chelsea. Of course, yeah. Of course. He knows that. And De Gea's jigging around on his line, showing a bit more of one side, showing a bit more of the other side, trying to make it get into his head a little bit. And uh, sent in the wrong way. To Smart. shape to send it the same place and put it in the other corner. Hit it properly. Hits it nice and Took a and proper hard. run up. Yeah, beautiful. A uh, little quiz for you, gents here. This is from Shane Thomas. Uh, let's see if you enjoy this. Here's a quiz for when you need to avoid talking about the latest match of the podcast. Well, that doesn't apply this week. No. We'll be very, very happy to talk about the last can two I matches. Say, can we not save this for the, after we balls up against Newcastle or someone? Yeah, good point. No, it's only five questions. All right. Here we go. Who has more golden boots, Alan Smith or Ian Wright? Good question. I thought it was just same. The Golden Boot awarded, of course, for the top goal scorer in the league. Smarter um, would have got a couple, I think. Oh, I'm saying Alan Smith. With? Alan Smith says Stoney. What about I'm you? I'm going to go Ian Wright, I think. OK, the answer is Alan Smith. Oh. He won the Golden Boot in 89 when we won the league and in 91. When we won the league. When we won the league, you can stick uh, your two points up. And <laughs> <laughs> right, he won the golden boot uh, in 1992 when uh, the defence were on the piss and we conceded far too many goals that year. <laughs> and then, quite wrongly, he was not picked for the Euros, Graham Taylor. Oh, yes. Right. I'm 
awful. How did you do that? I we had some Alan decent... Shearer didn't yeah. even play him. We did. We had some decent striking options, but right, he should well, go. Well, we did, but when, when, we, when we needed a goal, he took off Lineker and played Alan Smith and David Platt up front. That's true. I'll never forget it. Yeah. Anyway, who has more goals in FA Cup finals? Thierry Henry or Aaron Ramsey? Go on, Keith, you go first. I know what I'm saying. Oh, it's got to be Aaron Ramsey, surely. Yeah, I think it is Rambo. It is. It's uh, Ramsey 2, Henri 0. Henri, I think, played seven finals in his career, never scored in a final. Um, but oh, Stefan Onjo uh, handled one off the line though well, well don't bring that up <laughs> this is exactly Shane uh, Shane makes that exact point uh, Ramsey 2 Thierry nil. thanks to Stefan Onjo <laughs> <laughs> yeah. although when he took that shot he should have passed the wheel tour but never mind never mind <laughs> do you remember sitting outside Cardiff that day I remember sitting there uh, and we went to some, some coffee shop mm. we just uh, Michael Owen had basically stolen a cup just sitting again. I do not know how he lost that game. I had a gig that night. I don't know how I managed to say the words. I, muscle memory or something. It was outrageous. I Brutal. ended up having a drink in some Welsh pub and it was a typical Welsh pub that everyone's speaking English until you go in and they hear that you're English and then everyone starts speaking Welsh. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it just might a, just be you. Just you just want to go off a Christ's What's this? My spaghetti western... It's, it's not an experience that I recognise. No, I've been in Wales. I've been in Wales. I've been in Wales and people were speaking Welsh. Absolutely <laughs> typical. And I knew it was aimed at me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh well, this is, this is classic El Presidente. <laughs> after after the losing final, the whole world is against you. Mm-hmm. As it, of course, it is. Uh, now, okay, question three: Who has more Arsenal assists, Dennis Bergkamp or Cesc Fabregas? Let's just think about those two footballers for a moment. Not a beat. Oh Dennis, my god! Surely, uh, you think Dennis? I'm going hmm? Dennis. Uh, but it's going to be. I'm going to go Cesc. Okay. I think Cesc. Okay. Uh, well, the answer is Dennis. Uh, Dennis Bergham had 94 assists. Yeah. 94. Cesc has 50. I think Cesc has more assists overall because he uh, went to Chelsea. Uh, mm. <laughs> because Arsene Wenger decided he didn't need him. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Really, that day then, really, that was the moment then. When he said, I'm going to let Cesc go and play for Chelsea, someone needed to say, do you know what, Arsene? We think it's time. There's this manager at Borussia Dortmund mm. who is shit hot. We're going to ask him to manage Or oh, they could have said, what's the point of putting in a buyback clause? Yeah. Right. I've, negoti- I've been in that negotiating with Barcelona for hours. I'm putting that buyback clause. <laughs> hours I spent putting in the buyback clause. And then when we got a chance to buy him back, he goes, no, I don't want him. <laughs> you don't want him. You can get like Jose Mourinho have him. Oh. Oh. Yeah, all right. <laughs> oh, OK. Who played more games for Arsenal? David Rocastle or Freddie Jungberg? Oh. oh. <sighs> That's hard. That's hard. I'm having Freddie. Yeah, I'm going to go Freddie, I think. It's David Rocastle. Really? 277 appearances for the great man. And Freddie made 241 appearances. Oh. Mm. And finally, who has more stories on this podcast of him acting like a total dickhead. <coughs> Tony Adams or Teddy Sheridan? Mm, oh, that's, <laughs> mm, let me think now. Tough one. Yeah, <laughs> stroking my beard. It's 
It's Teddy Sheringham. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, and he says, P.S. Sheringham may talk about scoring in a Champions League final, but I put Alex Scott's Champions League final goal against his every day of the week. Hers was a winning goal, unlike his, and, and it was from outside the box. Sheringham's was a tap-in. Nice point. Well put. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Strong agree, I think. Strong, <laughs> Strong agree. <laughs> uh, this is from Matt Clifford. Hello, gentlemen. I, like yourselves, am a massive fan of the Arsenal season, but I'm also a season ticket holder at rugby union team Saracens. Recently, Saracens decided to hold a home game at the Armitage Shanks Arena and will be doing so for the next three seasons. Imagine my disdain, I think he means despair, at the thought of having to enter the toilet bowl. However, I quickly thought how I could turn this to my advantage. I went to a little-known website called Amazon and purchased a number of Arsenal stickers. Hey! <laughs> the stickers arrived on the Friday, and on the Saturday, me and my brother made our way to the stadium where we consumed a number of beers and proceeded to stick Arsenal stickers all around the Armitage Shanks Arena. Nice work. Oh, Some were placed man. in fairly obvious places where no doubt the spuds would see them, such as on the walls around the bar or in the stand or in toilet cubicles. I can imagine a Spuds fan sitting on a toilet, wondering what absolute fuckery Edward Sheringham is up to, and looking up to see a mighty cannon plastered all over the upper echelons of the cubicle. Nicely done, sir. Well done. This Jeez. was a petty and childish act, and I loved every second of it. I know. I applaud you, sir. I think it's it's well thought out. Please do it again. You see, Tottenham haven't thought out this thing about having these other matches, have they? <laughs> Yeah, and we should use this to our advantage. Next time they've got an American football match on or a rugby match on, let's go there. Get yourself down there. One of and us I, is, uh, is also, we have to go, yeah. yeah. Has to go. Also, Matt points out, and we've been doing this podcast now for 13 years or something, and perhaps our greatest achievement uh, is, I'll tell you what it is, if you type Armitage Shanks Arena into Google Maps, it brings up the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. <laughs> Is that right? That's what he says. <laughs> and yeah. that, that, gentlemen, is my proudest moment. It is called the Albert Shanks Arena. Uh, there's a few more, but I can't really be bothered. I think we've covered everything, really, haven't we? I think we have, you know. I would say so. Um, I wish we could find out, out the demographic of our audience who listens to this. I mean, because, you know, we try and encourage songs, but as we've got young away fans, it's hardly likely to some 50 or 60-year-old bloke who listens to the podcast regularly is going to go to the away matches, it, really, you know. Well, it's hard to get tickets yeah. now. We're it's after very hard to get tickets. Very popular. Our, our Sandman, he'd, he'd have to start some of these songs off. Kieran Tierney, he came down from Scotland to be number three. He's better than Ashley. Oh, Kieran Tierney, you did. You would have thought that catch up. Yeah, Jay's shaking his head. There's no way I'm singing that. He's saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, gents, uh, we are uh, West Ham away next. Um, well, let's hope for because they got Frankfurt before that, haven't they? West Ham. They have. So they have in the middle of in the middle of two Europa League games, but. The truth is, I think you're right, Al. No one knows what's going to happen. No. <laughs> we have to turn up and play well. Mm-hmm. Um, get the ball into Saka. Be tight at the back. Get Tommy Asu back on the pitch. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know, maybe play him left back if Tavares doesn't know where to stand. He doesn't seem to, but I don't know. I want him back in the team anyway. And uh, be serious about defending and keeping a clean sheet. And then we've got enough up front with the form of Erdegaard and Saka. Yeah. And Smith-Rowe and Martinelli about. And Ketia should play, I think. 
And uh, yeah, we can score a couple of goals over there and get a win. I think the fact that it's sitting in between their two semi-finals great. is Perfect. great news for us because they are very, and as, as you'd expect, they are very, very focused on getting to a European final. It's an extremely difficult draw, Frankfurt, but they can do it. Mm. They can definitely do it, and I hope they do do it. I hope Rangers, they knock them out. Rangers in the final, possibly. Which would that be, could be awesome. Police leave will be cancelled <laughs> for a month. <laughs> Don't know where that final is. Oh, by the way, Keith, Keith has confessed. Tell Mosh, that I believe. Tell Mosh. Wormwood Scrubs playing field. He, <laughs> Keith's confessed that he made up the venue for the uh, Europa Conference League <laughs> final next year. <laughs> It's not, it's not in Romania or where he made it up. Uh, gave us a lot of pleasure in doing so. so where is it? Do we know? We don't know. I think don't it's know. in a... Is it in Poland? I think we're going to be in the Champions League. We oh, might be. Uh, Come on. <laughs> I think we're going to beat uh, West Ham. And by the time we get to Tottenham, they will be crapping themselves. Excellent. And we, and we won't need to beat him. We'll just need to go there and get a point, which we always do. Oh, and Harry Kane, will, will, there's nowhere for him to go at this point, is there? It's absolutely outstanding. No. He can't go to City. He can't, you're not, nobody in their right minds would go to Man United right now. <laughs> He's not coming no. to us. Yeah. Oh, did you know... because you, you should try and get a gig abroad. Do you know PSG won the league last night and apparently their fans, despite the fact they'd won the league, uh, walked out. Uh, with about 15 yeah. minutes to go and celebrate outside. They hate outside. their ownership, don't they? they Almost in, as entitled as Man United fans. Oh, <laughs> that is a club that is loathed and detested throughout France. Yeah. You just, I see a lot of kids down, I was down this morning with my boy playing for his little football club. You see quite a few PSG shirts. Mm. I mean, I, I think a few of them are probably snide off market stalls. I saw one with Messi number seven. It's <laughs> um, still. I like watching. And my, them. my kids like playing PSG on the PlayStation, yeah. and I just uh, I think, oh, it's sickening. And uh, Exabella won the uh, Copa del Rey last night. Apparently so. Oh, well, did yes. he? Did. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yes, well done, did. Hector. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they won nice. on penalties. I think it's the. They haven't won in. Oh, God knows. They haven't won anything for years. No, that's a big thing, actually. It's great. Well done, Hector. That's good. Big big night in Seville. Wonderful. All right, gents. See you soon. See you soon. See ya. Bye.